Hey, Matt. Hey, Jen. What are you listening to this week? Welcome to season four of What Are You Listening To? The weekly podcast created to foster community through music by sharing the stories behind the songs that soundtrack our lives. Some of the songs are old, some new, all good. I'm Jen Tully, and this week I'm joined by Matt Sidholm. Matt is co-host and co-founder of the Super Awesome Mix podcast and the Super Awesome Mix podcasting network. Matt also has a new sports and music podcast, our fifth show on the Super Awesome Mix podcast network called Play by Play, where he and a new guest each week discuss the intersection of sports and music. This week, Matt and I are going to discuss four songs inspired by the new Netflix documentary, The Greatest Night in Pop, about the making of We Are the World. Two are his picks and two are mine. For the best listening experience, I recommend tuning into the show on Spotify. There you can hear the show with the songs we discuss incorporated. You can also find the show on Apple, Amazon Music, or wherever you stream. But if you're not listening on Spotify, be sure to give the playlist a listen and then tune into our conversation. With that, let's get started. Matt, what are you listening to this week? I mean, I'm, I'm listening to We Are the World, just on repeat. Over and over and over. <laughs> it, it is an earworm, isn't it? <laughs> it? It is, but I will say that like, I had not listened to this song in a long time. And then revisiting it with the documentary, like I find myself listening to it again and again and just noticing different parts and different voices. And, oh, yeah, they talked about that. And, oh, they talked about this. And just how they constructed it. it. It's amazing that it took this long to make a documentary about that night, but also amazing that they had, they somehow seemingly knew, I don't know what they were doing with this footage in the meantime, but they had right. all these camera people there sort of filming the entire process. And then it was like 40 years later, they're going to publish this, uh, this documentary. Yeah, it's so true. And when I first saw that this was coming out, I was like, oh, I have to, I cannot wait to get my hands on this documentary. I love a good music documentary, but this one in particular, because it was so unlike anything, you know, I mean, Bob Geldof did Band-Aid and we all like that kind of happened, but it happened like across the pond, right? So We Are the World was the first time it sort of happened here. And for those that weren't around in 1985, when this happened, um, they, whenever they released it, everybody played it at the same time, like globally, the first time it aired, the, the whole like world literally like stopped and listened to this song. And I can remember news crews coming to my elementary school, like it was a big thing. And so going back and revisiting, it was amazing. And it, after I watched it, I immediately texted you, Matt. And I was like, okay, <laughs> we have to do an episode about it. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we have to do an episode about this documentary. So that's where we landed. Listeners, we decided that we were going to pick songs that were by artists that participated as the USA for Africa band, I guess I'm air quoting, um, for We Are the World. So we grabbed four artists that contributed and we picked some of their songs so that in between we could also talk about the documentary. <laughs> yeah, and just tell stories. Yeah, because that's kind of what I did. I kind of picked a couple people that I didn't pick the obvious choice that maybe everyone thinks I'm going to pick. I was but... shocked. I, yes, and Jen was shocked, but we'll talk plenty about Bruce. Okay, don't worry. <laughs> no, but my first pick is Nightlife 
by Cindy Lauper featuring Willie Nelson. So I found this song um, on an album called Detours that Cindy Lauper came out with um, after her success with Kinky Boots, where she won a yep. bunch of Tonys and she had done all the music for that. And I remember seeing, I don't know why I was watching the Tony Awards that year, but for some reason, I remember seeing Cindy Lauper. Because Lopper you're talk. a well-rounded individual. I That's why so. you were watching the Tonys. I can't say I'm an ardent like watcher of any award show, let alone the Tonys. But for <laughs> some reason, I remember watching this and seeing her get up there and just win like, you know, Tony after Tony for Kinky Boots. Yep. And I was like, wow, like, I guess she's, you know, one is like, you know, you just hadn't heard Cindy Lauper's name in a while. And so that's when you start digging in. And obviously the music from that musical was amazing. And then she came out with this album, Detours, which was just an album of country, old country songs that she was covering. And so she did, you know, High Life, which is an old Willie Nelson song. And Willie Nelson, also a part of We Are the World. Um, but I thought her version of it kind of shows off her voice because I think at the time she was known for she bop and girls just want to have fun. And I don't think people appreciated how good she was and still is musically. And so this album's just from 2016, not that long ago. And like, just to hear her sing, I'm like, God, she still has an amazing voice. And uh, I thought her part of the documentary was really interesting. Obviously, she's talking throughout it. But, you know, then when, like, she kind of jumps in and you know it's her voice, it's so distinctive. But it does make me laugh when, you know, they're recording her and they're like, we're getting all this background noise. Yeah. Like, what, is, what is going on? And then at one point, somebody's like, I think it's laughter. And she kind of gets offended. She's like, well, who's laughing? Like, what is so funny about this? And then they realize it's all the necklaces and bracelets and everything yep. that's on her. And when she's just doing the whoa, 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 and jumping around that it's like, wait, you're shaking up all this. You're creating all this background noise. So it's amazing. She just creates this pile of jewelry on the floor in front of her, <laughs> all her stuff. Yeah. And then she records her part. So, um, but yeah, I just wanted to hit on, on, you know, just highlight one, that story, but, but also just kind of highlight the fact that like, man, she's really good. Not that any of these people aren't good. I mean, we can get into all the vocal talent they had there, but I feel like it, I don't think I appreciated Cindy Lauper at the time the way I probably do now. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and I loved her in the documentary as well. She, you know, she's in sort of this, this trio with Huey Lewis and Kim Carnes and sort of them trying to figure out, I mean, the whole thing is just them literally like logistically trying to figure out how mm -hmm. in the next 10 hours they're going to record this song. Um, I won't spoiler alert too much, but like, yeah, Li Lionel Richie was very instrumental in that. He and Michael Jackson wrote the song, but then all of these individual contributors coming together um, and like just bringing their talent, but also as famously reported by Quincy Jones, you know, trying to leave their ego at the door. That's what I would honestly be more worried about is like, what's going to happen when you get all of these brilliant, talented, creative minds in one room? Like it's either going to be magic or it's going to be chaos. And I think what the documentary reveals is that it's kind of both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's interesting you talk about ego because I think two notable names that weren't there and they, they talk about one pretty extensively, but but yeah. not the other. But I thought were Madonna and Prince. Exactly. And, you know, Madonna's now getting sued for not showing up on time for, for concerts. <laughs> it's like, 
you yeah. know, there's still some ego there from Madonna. That's right. And then, you know, Prince kind of said, uh, he kept kind of saying, maybe I'll stop by or whatever. I mean, which is just amusing that like they're having Sheila E contact him and try to get him to, to come out. He's like, well, maybe I'll come. I don't know. Well, and and they're just like, that's it. We're just moving on. Definitely not. Well, and then you hear all the stories. Like apparently, what did Bob Geldof said that Prince was a freak? Prince was a freak, or something like that. Like that was also part of. Yeah. I don't know that that's in the documentary. If I read that somewhere, but like there was some static there. But I, I can and like poor Sheila E. Like feeling sort of like Prince bait, you know, like and they're like keeping her around so yeah. that Prince will maybe or maybe not show up. But um, yeah, I thought that it was uh, like I, I can't even imagine trying to put those pairings together. You know, when you think of, and that's another reason I love that you chose nightlife from this detours album because it was it, like I, I never thought in all of my musical <laughs> career or quest that I would ever say like an album of country hints a song by Cindy Lauper <laughs> you know right, like I just right. didn't think those words would go together and then to think of her and Willie Nelson singing together um was really like prior to seeing this documentary I would have been like what's that going to be like but then when you see how they sort of grouped these artists together to make we are the world you're like oh okay I see what's happening as long as you're keeping you know people somewhat in their range or you know with other Others they can harmonize with or whatever the case may be you can still make it work and so I loved that that you got this new version of a song that like you said you know is originally from that country Willie album from 1974 I just was really impressed with this version so I say go back and check out that detours album listeners if you haven't it was a fun one well tell me about your second pick this is a goodie too all right. So I just talked about Prince, and, and that's going to be a good lead into this next person. Uh, so my second pick is Never Like This Before by Huey Lewis and the News. So this is from a 2010 album they did called Soulsville. And it is, a again, a cover album sim- similar to what Cyndi Lauper did. And it's all from the Stax Records collection. Mm. So Stax Records was uh, a soul music record label based out of Memphis. Uh, we actually, on Super Awesome Mix had uh, someone from the museum join us a couple of years ago um, on the show and go through a whole mix of, of Stax Records artists and guarantee you've heard of, of so many of these folks. This was a song originally by William Bell, but um, Huey Lewis in the News just did um, a whole album kind of honoring these songs, similar to what um, Bruce Springsteen did with Only the Strong Survive uh, last year, where he put out an album of covers that were just you know old soul hits. Um, but this one, I mean, again, just kind of highlighting, wow, Huey Lewis, you know, can really sing. And mm-hmm. it was interesting in the doc because as they're trying to arrange the solos and they realize Prince isn't going to come, they, they need someone else to do a solo part. And it's Kenny Loggins, of all people, who's like, <laughs> hey, get Huey Lewis. <laughs> and they're like, Huey, come here. And Huey's like, me? <laughs> And so, yeah. you know, Kenny Loggins is like, no, that guy can sing, which by the way, has got a, I don't know if that doesn't give you confidence. I don't know what will. I feel like if I ever met Kenny Loggins and he's like, man, that guy's got a great voice. I, I think I would be pretty honored. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they pull Huey Lewis in there and he's following Michael Jackson's part in the song and right there with, like you said, Cindy Lauper and Kim Carnes, and and they really ask him to like reach up and and get to a higher level, and he was real nervous about it, and was just like, I don't know how many times I could do this, but but we'll try it, and um, I think he kind of nails it when you hear his part, and he's got such a distinctive voice, but 
I think you see that in this song and really this whole album, um, how soulful his um, his voice is, you know, but obviously a slightly lower range than maybe like a Daryl Hall, who's also got a really soulful voice. Yeah, it's true. And I, you know, I, I think that um, it was a recent, they sort of rebooted behind the music for like a minute. And they, they did a, like a feature on Huey Lewis in the news. And he was originally like a blues guy. That's what he mm-hmm. wanted to do. And so I loved that this song kind of showcased that. And I love the, yes, that little bit in the documentary where you get him, you know, you, you do hear Kenny Loggins say like, pull this guy to the front, he can sing. And then everybody kind of being surprised when he does, they're like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got again. And uh, how about two on the fly, like coming up with a three-part harmony? Like that seems yeah. like no easy feat. And he's like, okay, we'll just make this happen. So and, and I really... Yeah, it shows. I mean, it's almost like, I mean, obviously I, I you know enjoy sports quite a bit, but it's also like when you get three really good athletes together and, and it's like, how's this going to work? And it's like, no, no, they're all great at what they do. They'll figure it out, right? And And that's kind of what this was where it's like, you do see a little bit of the brilliance there of just them being able to go, okay, you do this and then I'll do this kind of, you know, almost talking in code. If you don't know music, like some of the things they're saying to each other and sort of the short codes and all this. And so that's what was really, uh, really cool is you can kind of let them go. And then you you had your two professors of the class, you know, Quincy Jones and Lionel Richie, just sort of giving a little guidance here and there. Yeah, it's it was so well, and you know, like Stevie Wonder, like kind of holding everybody together at the end when it starts to unravel. But I also love what you just did there, Matt, when you said I do love sports. While we're talking about Huey Lewis, <laughs> I'm like thinking of the album. I'm like, yeah, me too. It's one of the best albums ever. I'm like, no, 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 no. He's talking about like real sports. <laughs> I do love that album, but you know it's what? A great it's album. not surprising. You don't hear that album, and I would say think of like great vocals necessarily. It's right? true. Like those are great pop songs. Catchy. You can see how like, yeah, Huey Lewis is popular. He needs to be part of this song. But people in there probably weren't like, hey, great vocalist. You know, they were yeah. just like, yeah, great, great artist. Right. But but probably didn't know exactly what what they were what they were getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and in his version too, last thing I'll say about Never Like This Before is I just love the horns in that song too. Mm-hmm. He has great horns in that song. So I'm a sucker yeah, for Huey that. Yeah, Huey Lewis in the News, as it evolved out of its like super popular pop phase, like brought in more of horns, a horn section. And they had an album in like 2001 called Plan B, which was real horn heavy and was really good. And then they've just sort of leaned into the souls and blues thing up until the point where Huey Lewis can can really yeah, no longer lost his sing hearing. now because of a yeah. hearing uh, hearing disease. Yeah. Um, well, if it was shocking that you left Bruce out of your playlist, the listeners are going to be shocked that I left Kenny Loggins off of mine because <laughs> everyone knows I'm a sucker for Kenny Loggins. But um, I replaced him with another artist um, that I thought also, uh, it was funny, uh, Vulture Magazine did like a ranking of the contributors for We Are the World. They can, they can I think there were 46 artists total, but there were... Uh, 37 contributors because some of them were bands like the news was also there with Huey yeah, Lewis right, right. <laughs> um, things like that so they ranked like the 37 contributors and the artist that I picked got ranked number 34 in that mm. list so I was okay. like that's a bummer okay. um, I, I would have thought he would have figured higher um, but also a nod to what I thought was an excellent Grammys performance by this gentleman last week my first pick is a song called this is the time by Billy Joel 
So I feel like, you know, this song is like so classic for me in so many ways in that I, I always think of this as like, this is the perfect end of the school year slideshow song, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what, that's where this always lives for me is yes. like conjuring the memories of nostalgia. Um, but I think back to like what a super giant megastar Billy Joel was when they're making this, right? Like, he, like you said, like some of the other names we mentioned that weren't there, Madonna, Prince, but then you had Bruce Springsteen, you had Billy Joel, you had these people that literally like began or solidified their icon status during this exact time frame. And so I, I felt like it was just amazing that they got they got these people to record, you know, this song that they had barely heard. I mean, they were sending tapes out of demo tapes of the song, like two days before they're recording, you know, for people to try and get. Um, and then, you know, for somebody like a Billy Joel to kind of sit back while Stevie Wonder sits at the piano. I mean, that's maybe the only person that Billy Joel wouldn't be like, meh, move over. I've got this, you know? <laughs> so I just, I love that, that he showed up and, and came with all of his Billy Joelness and was able to at least seemingly from what you see in the documentary kind of be humble about not being the only piano virtuoso there or the only megastar there well yeah and you talk about ego I mean that like you're exactly right like with Billy Billy Joel's there and it's like yeah he is massive at this point but he's not taking a prominent role I think but I do think he was the one I laughed at the joke um I think he may, may have recounted where Paul Simon turned to him and said uh, like when they all got there and said if a bomb drops on this place John Denver's back on top right yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> it was that was a great line <laughs> So I thought that was great. But yeah, just the fact that, I mean, him and, and a lot of other people just appreciated being there um, and, and being around so many great people. So I, I thought that was really cool um, as well. And I'm glad you featured this song because this is a song that I know, I think I love. I mean, I love so many Billy Joel songs, but this is not one that gets a lot of the radio play. You know, some of his songs, you know, you can turn on Sirius XM and hear all sorts of them, right? But this is not one that's as prominent, right? And um, but I think you're right. If you're putting together like a retrospective of anything, you're gonna roll with this is the time. Yeah, it's all. That's what I like. As soon as I hear it, even though I love it, it's immediately like I see some sort of slideshow playing in my head about. <laughs> I've got black and white pictures totally through all the stuff. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it is for me. but And that's the reason that I picked it is I do love this. Everybody knows. I think I did an episode even about the Stranger album like I uh, by Billy Joel. Like I love a lot of his hits. But yeah, this is one that I always wondered too. Like why didn't this song, like why didn't they release this as a single? It sounds like such a like single to me. Um, why didn't it get bigger? So this is this is the time for this is the time. Look at this. <laughs> we're, we're reviving it right here. It's going to well have done. a Kate Bush well moment. <laughs> Well, and we're rounding out the playlist here with literally the man that made this happen. I mean, I know like Quincy Jones, yes, he arranged it. He sort of babysat. And I think 
the name Michael Jackson and Harry Belafonte were sort of like what drew people to the legitimacy of this and Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie was the glue. He was the magic. He was kind of the creative force behind it. And so I, I, I could not go to sleep at night if I did not put a Lionel Richie track on, um, on this playlist whenever we're talking about the documentary. Um, so I chose one of my favorite Lionel Richie songs, a song called Stuck on You by Lionel Richie. And again, I mean, I I love the Commodores. So sometimes it's hard for me to like separate out the Commodores and Lionel's solo career, which I also love. But I think a lot of those songs of his that were coming out um, right after he left the Commodores and went solo were just so, I mean, everybody's heard Dancing on the Ceiling a thousand times. Everybody's heard, um, you know, any of his major, major hits. Like they just get played at every wedding or <laughs> graduation or whatever, you know, yeah, they're, they're all, all so night overdone all night long. Right. Oh my gosh, all the time. And so I wanted to pick one that wasn't quite as played to death, um, but that I still really loved. And because I love, you know, again, back to the Commodores, Easy Like a Sunday Morning and Ceylon, um, this song sounds the most Commodores-ish to me of his solo songs. Um, and so I had to choose this one. Um, but I just think it's such a sweet song. Like I, I think that he's like, just sounds so clear and it's heartfelt. And I just think that it's, it's cute. I don't have another word for it. Like, I just think it's the cutest song and I've always loved it. It makes me feel just like warm and cozy when I hear this song. Um, And I felt like that's exactly like the magic that I get from hearing that song must have been in some part kind of what he brought to this process that kept all these artists in line and kept everyone motivated. And, you know, again, I I don't think I'm giving too much away in saying that right before they recorded this, they knew the only way they'd get all these artists there was if everybody was already in town. So Lionel Richie's hosting the American Music Awards, and then they just pop people right over literally from the award show to recording session. And I I don't even know how you do that. Like Lionel Richie woke up in the morning and is like, whoa, big day today. I'm going to host a major live broadcast with every music star in the world. And then after that, I'm going to go hang with Quincy Jones and 37 of the best bands and artists in the world, including Michael Jackson, including Bruce Springsteen, you know, and record this song until... I mean, he was up for at least 24 hours. I mean, I don't know how he went to bed at all in that time period. Well, <laughs> like, and, and I think he performed twice during the award show, too. Yeah. Like, he won, like, five or six of the awards. He performed twice. He hosted. And then, yeah, right to the studio. And true to his song, he was up all night long, okay, right. working on We Are the World. And, and I thought, so him and Michael Jackson wrote the song. And they would eventually yeah. win a Grammy for Song of the Year. And when he was talking about the writing process, you could tell how, like, he's an academic, right? Like, he knows music. Yeah. And and he knows the notes, and, and he's writing things. But he was talking about working with Michael and how Michael's just more, like, you know, more, more just on the audio side of just, like, he's sort of making the noises and just kind of, like, feeling it out. And so he had to kind of adjust to work with that, you know, when writing, because you could tell he's more just like, no, it's this note, then it's this note, then it goes to this note, or that won't make sense. But like Michael just tried to make sense of it sort of sonically. Um, So that was kind of cool to hear him talk about that. And then just to see him 
yeah, just bring bring the room together, but then also contribute as well. Because even though Quincy Jones was kind of overseeing everything, you know, Lionel's going to come in and also sing a part. Um, so yeah, just kind of blown away. It's not like I was never impressed by Lionel Richie, but you know, it's one of those things where you watch this doc and, and granted he was probably an executive producer on the documentary. So of course he's going to make himself look good. But I do think given the accolades that night and everything he did leading up to it, like Harry Belafonte just kind of gave him the idea, him and Quincy Jones, and then he just kind of ran with it and, and yeah. pulled all these people together and, you know, I mean, it's, I don't know, it was amazing. So I'm glad you included him here because, yeah, there's no doubt he was he was the key to this thing coming together. Yeah, it was no small feat pulling it together. And kind of back to what you were saying earlier, he does, it's worth the price of admission. Like, it's worth your hour and a half to sit down and watch this to have him explain, like, working with Michael Jackson. <laughs> yes. He does it, like, he's really, like, because you forget, or I forgot, that he and Michael kind of grew up in Motown together, right? right? Like, you know, Lionel was part of the Commodores and Jackson 5's just coming up. So they'd known each other for a long time. They were great friends and had, like, again, grown up in the business. But um, it is funny to hear him. Him talk about you know working with Michael Jackson in the process and just Michael as a person with all the animals and all the affectations and like all yeah. of the things. So that's but, but then I think the part of the documentary where I kind of got chills was then was when they show Michael just in the studio by himself and he just with no music belts out the "We Are the World" like yeah. chorus. <laughs> it's like oh my god, that voice. Yeah. How in the world like could somebody sound like that? And it was just. I don't know. I thought that was the, for me, like just listening to it, that was sort of the high point. It's like, not that nobody doesn't, not, not that people don't realize how good a singer Michael Jackson was, but just in that moment where it's kind of stripped down, it's really impressive. It really is. It definitely, there are so many like little nuggets. If you're a music fan at all, like I, I hopefully we've sold it, but um, <laughs> that, you know, there are, there are so many just little tidbits that you don't realize or people that were there that I had forgotten about, like Dan Aykroyd, you know, like yeah. who was part of the, the blues brothers. That's and right. like, it's, it's really like, it's definitely worth, like I said, the hour and a half to check out. And, um, and this is a super fun playlist. And uh, we also, I popped on um, a fifth track, usually our playlist or four songs uh, long, but I popped We Are the World at the end so that after you listen to the artists that contributed, you can also go back and revisit the original. So if you're, if you were worried that I wasn't going to include We Are the yeah, World, you've got to listen to it. Yes. It's in there. It's For in there. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, well, Matt, Thank you so much for joining me this week and being down to talk about this documentary. Like I said, the second I watched it, I literally, the end credits roll and I texted you. Like, can we please do an episode about the show? <laughs> um, and listeners, it's available now. Again, it's called The Greatest Night in Pop. It's um, on Netflix and it's definitely worth a listen. Um, and last thing, I mentioned this at the top of the show, but we now have five shows on the Super Awesome Mix podcast network. We have Super Awesome Mix. We obviously have this show, What Are You Listening To? We have Super Awesome You, hosted by Sammer, which is a motivational podcast along with music. We have The Battle, um, which we'll be bringing you a new season of that later on this year. And then Matt's new sports and music show called Play by Play. So be sure to go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and check all of them out. If you're only a fan of one, please become a fan of the other four as soon as you can. <laughs> um, and as always, be sure to follow, download, and share this show. And if you love listening, drop a review on Apple or Spotify for us. Last 
but not least, to stay informed on all things Super Awesome Mix and what are you listening to, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Super Awesome Mix. Thanks for listening, and please join me again next week to find your new favorite song. Bye.